All right. Hi. I'm gonna put you up here. I think that's where I used to put you. Yeah. Hopefully you don't fall on me. How are you? It's Doug. Let's turn the radio off. It's getting reversed. Let's go. Uh, oh, you know what? It's a sunny day. It is uh, May 18th, 2021. Uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful sunny May day. Sunny May day? Sunny May day. I think I, I think he was in um, he was in Ocean's Eleven, wasn't he? Sunny May Day. Should have been. Um, on my way down to the office to get yet another COVID test. Yes, that's right. Oh, that's not the right thing. Wash my windshield here. I haven't driven the car in a week because it's my weekly. COVID test. Uh, that was what I was doing the last time that I actually put out an episode of the Slug is Doug podcast. And welcome. Welcome to an episode. What is this going to be? I guess this is going to be 110. I've recorded about, um, I don't know, f- five, maybe? Probably five episode 110s since uh, last December when I last spoke to you. I just never got around to putting them out. I never really had much to talk about. I mean, it's always been the same thing. My life is boring. Um, I'm working from home. Uh, I go every week to get a COVID test. We're locked down. All that kind of crap. It's It's been pretty much... It's been a nothing burger for so long. <laughs> I love that term, nothing burger. I've been waiting to use that for a long time. <laughs> um... The only big news, I guess, in the last while has been that uh, I haven't been around. Um, I've been working. I've been uh, spending a lot of time working, actually. That's one of the drawbacks, I think, of working from home has been that... Let me just double-check that I am actually recording and that you are hearing me. Yes, you are. Um, One of the big drawbacks has been that working from home means... Um... I think I work more than when I'm in an office, and in many ways. I think that I, in terms of hours, yes, and even in terms of emotional work, I think, um, meaning that I am my own supervisor, I guess when it comes to making sure that I'm getting the job done and making sure that the timing is right and dealing with the other the other jobs that come with working from home. Um, the expectations of my family, for example, on me being available for dinner, me cooking dinner, me taking care of the dog, going for a walk, that that kind of stuff. Things that if I was actually in the office, I wouldn't have to take care of. I'm sure I would still feel the stress of those things and that I would still need to make sure that my family was fed and and maybe cook on weekends and, and prepare food ahead or, or at least allow there to be food that is easy for my wife to cook for during the week when I'm not home to cook dinner. And then deal with the emotional problems 
or issues of not being home for dinner with my family. And if anything, that's been one of the the biggest bonuses for me, the biggest benefits of this pandemic has been that I have no choice but to eat dinner with my family and that working for, from home has allowed me to do that. And I never want to go back into an office and work unless I can leave early and come home for dinner with my family. So if, if they would allow me to work from the office for, you know, until five o'clock in the afternoon and then leave, go home for dinner and then work from home, that would be fine. But what that does mean is I am, you know, getting up in the morning and pretty much immediately going to work. I shuffle down, uh, you know, I shuffle down the stairs, I grab a coffee, well, I take my pill, (laughs) take my whatever it's called, my my uh, uh, thyroid pill, grab a cup of coffee, go downstairs, and work. Now with the thyroid pill, um, I'm probably not supposed to have coffee right away, but I, I don't put a, I don't put much dairy in it. I think it's the dairy that's a problem with the thyroid pill. It uh, delays absorption. But you, with the thyroid pill, you're supposed to eat it on an empty stomach and wait an hour before you eat. So that usually means that I'm downstairs working away when that hour is up and I I forget to eat. So I don't end up eating till lunchtime. There's always a part of me that feels guilty somehow. I don't know what where the guilt is. I don't know what it is I'm guilty of. But when it comes to lunchtime, I feel as though I need to take as quick a lunch as possible and get right back to work. So then I basically either skip lunch and work through lunch or uh, I take a very, very brief lunch, just a simple sandwich and get right back to work. If I was in an office, we'd be getting lunch brought in. Uh, We'd have basically family family style lunch at a table in the middle of the art department. We'd have a discussion and we'd probably go for a walk. It would be an hour long. Now, when this whole thing began, I did actually make a point of going for an hour-long walk and um, making sure that I took an hour for my lunch. I was very, very uh, focused on that. But somewhere in there, that kind of stopped. I guess maybe because of the winter and the snow and yada yada, uh, that may be why that stopped. Um, I'm awful when it comes to going outside in the winter. I hate going outside in the winter. So... um, given the opportunity to not have to go out in the winter, I, <laughs> I'll stay home. Um, and I have a feeling that's what I did. But there's also, I think, another little part of me that feels that because I know that I'm going to probably stop work at about 5.30, 6 o'clock to cook dinner and eat with my family, I know that I need to make up for that time that I'm not working. Um, I mean, I'm contracted for 12 hours of work a day. Part of me thinks I should just get up at 5 in the morning and, and work till 5 p.m. and I can call it a day. Maybe I should start doing that. Because um, it's not it's not that hard. But there's this 
thing with you need to be in in sync with with the office people too if they're not working from five to five i'm gonna get questions and stuff like that after 5 p.m but who knows maybe if i got the work done earlier i wouldn't need to anyway i'll have to think about that so anyway uh, the day the day happens i work i get pressure from the office because there are people in office I get pressure from the office to get work done and send it in and, and you know, I'm also getting questions from my daughter about school and computers and my wife is teaching from home. She has her issues with her computer and all that kind of stuff, you know. There's uh, things that need to be dealt with in the background as I'm, as I'm working away. And I think that what happens is I feel... I guess stress is the word. I'm stressed out when I feel like I am not meeting the expectations of um, my bosses. Uh, you know, whether those expectations are realistic or not, whether they expect a drawing in two hours that I know is going to take four hours to do. I pride myself in creating work that um, when I give it to the construction department to build, they don't have a lot of questions about it. They just can build it and it doesn't need to be, it, you know, it's fairly clear, it's it's worked out, and if they do have questions for about it, they can just call me and I can figure it out either at that moment or sometime shortly after, you know, like with some ease. So when I'm pushed to get something out a little bit sooner than I feel comfortable comfortable with, it, it increases my stress factor, my stress in me, and I get, oh, I get pissy. I get pissy with my family, <laughs> and that tends to detract from, tends to detract from, from what, uh, what are these guys doing? Oh, they're making little platforms for the cars to go, uh, to sit on. I thought they were building gardens. They're, I'm at the Ford dealership here on Kingston Road, and there's like a bunch of uh, people laying dirt inside armor stone um, frames on the ground, and they're plant, um, tamping it down with the uh, compactors. I guess they're just going to park cars up on top there. That's cool. That's a neat idea. Um, anyway, I, I get snippy. I get snippy and it just draws back. Like it's, it's a definite drawback from, you know, you to get the benefits of working from home so you can see your family, you can be with them, you can interact with them, but then you start to feel grumpy because of work and, and you deflect onto them. And it's happened more than once and I feel shitty when it does. But that's, that's for me to deal with. Uh, yeah. But it's a beautiful sunny day. We're driving down. Going to get our COVID test. I turn 50 in one week. I guess that's the other thing that is on my mind. Yep, 50. Half a century. It's hard to believe I do not feel 50 years old. I do not... Well, parts of me do. Um, my knees, they... They feel it. They feel it from time to time. You're going upstairs, going, you know going for a walk, stuff like that, getting down on the floor to play with the dog, although I think that that has actually improved my 
my knees, uh, the, the feeling in them. Um, let me just double check. You are recording still. You are 12 minutes in. All right. Um, I remember when we first got the dog last year, uh, in January of 2020. Um, oh, now we're pulling over. I see. Okay. Uh, okay. I guess I better put the old signal on. Uh, back in January 2020, I remember getting down on the on the on the floor to to play with the pup and basically feeling like my knees were going to explode. Now it's a little easier. Um, so I guess that is a benefit. I I got into more walking with her and more playing around on the floor with her. So that is definitely a benefit. And there's, you know, the, all the other added benefits that come along with a dog. She was just cuddling with me this morning after I woke up and God, she's cute. She's so soft and so cute, so loving, such a cutie pie. But, uh, what's this guy doing? You are not a police officer. You are not allowed to do this. Really? Okay. If a cop busts me for going through, that guy waves me through, even though he's not a cop. All right. Um, that was weird. Oh, speaking of cops, I got a speeding ticket. Yep. First one since, uh, well, first one ever. I've never had a speeding ticket before. Um, I did get a ticket when I was in my 20s, I'm going to say. Probably 23, 24. Maybe a little older. Uh, I guess, no, it would have been uh, when I took my year off to go to Europe. So that I would have been, what, 25? Um, I, I was accused and convicted of running a red light uh, that I'm pretty sure was not red. I'm almost positive that it was green. It was one of these weird advanced... There was a light in in Windsor, um, on the on the the Riverside Drive. It's obviously the road that drives along the river, the Detroit River, and near the casinos. That I swear would go. It would it would be red for cars in both direction, and then it would it would turn green for the car in the eastbound direction, well before uh, the. Uh, the westbound and the police were in the westbound and I went through the eastbound and then they turned around and came in and stopped me saying that I had run a red but you know there was probably three other cars that I was with so I don't know anyway I it may have been I I was talking to someone in the passenger seat but pretty sure I didn't anyway <laughs> yes it still sticks with me I think about it regularly I got a uh, notice in the mail uh, this week, I think, was this week, last week, uh, I had been captured on camera going 53 in a 40, uh, in, and I guess it's a community safety zone. Um, it, it was, uh, one of the, one of the speed trap cameras that was set up by the city of Toronto, uh, to, they say it's to curb to increase community safety and to curb speeding. Um, if you don't know where the cameras are, you're not going to slow down. <laughs> I mean, really. It it does nothing. It, really what it is is to cash grab. 
So they're getting some of my cash. They're getting my $90. Uh, I rarely speed. Um, although I must admit in this 40 zone on Kingston Road, it's really hard to go 40. This this is a highway. I will, I will gladly go 40. Um, that's kilometers per hour, by the way, folks. Um, I'll gladly go 40. I don't mind. But the, the problem is, if I go 40, the number of people who uh, tailgate or just give you the stink eye or just pressure you as you're driving, it causes, it causes more issues. I think I just have to detach myself from, from feeling bad for others who are, who are in a rush because I'm, you know, I'm actually obeying the speed limit. So anyway, I was going, it was one of these great Tuesday mornings, the, the only driving that I do or have done in the last year, uh, going down to get my COVID test. And I was, I was on a bit of a tight schedule and I had, I had maybe left it a little long. Um, I needed to get down, get my test and get back in time to bring the dog over to the vets to get her shots. Um, and I think that I must have, uh, I must have been thinking about that and not watching my speed, lit my speed, and they got me going, what, what did I say, 54, 53? I think it's 54 in a 40. Now, I'm pretty sure that a police officer sitting in a car, you know, with the, the radar gun wouldn't do anything about that. But because it is on camera and it is, um, I guess that it's a community safety zone. I think that's what, the, what it was listed as. Uh, they're like, yep, no, we're going to send that out right away. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. So, whoopsie, whoopsie, but no points, no demerit points. They can't, can't say exactly who it was. They just say that the owner of the car is, car is responsible for it. So it's money. That's all it is. Back to turning 50. Um, yeah, I, uh. I didn't care too much, I don't think. I'll have to go back and listen. But I guess that's kind of the benefits of having a podcast that has lasted over 10 years. I can go back and, and listen to what it was like when I was 40. When I was 39, turning 40. Um, I was a new father. Now I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'll be a new father to a, a 10-year-old. <laughs> to an 11-year-old this year. Which brings its own challenges in itself but I'm, I'm sleeping better I suppose although I'm not I'm not sleeping better <laughs> I'm up at just as late uh, but that's for different reasons that's for reasons of my choice choosing I suppose um, but I, I think that 50 has oh, see I'm doing it again I'm not thinking okay I'm gonna go 40 I'm going 40 not going 53 and turn the uh, the digital readout of my speed so I can actually just keep an eye on that. There we go. I'm going 45. 40 just feels so slow. Anyway, especially when you got a jerk and a Ford F-150 behind you, like, flashing his lights at you as you drive. Um, 
as I was saying, I I didn't I didn't really feel much at 40. Uh, you know, no sense of impending doom. Um, no real sort of life reflection at that point. I think that had already started when my daughter was born. I was all I was in the middle of sort of new fatherhood uh, where I was not so concerned about me. I was more concerned about my daughter. I was focused on that. Um, whereas things have changed in the last 10 years, you know, I uh, found out that basically I don't have a thyroid, so I have to take thyroid medication every day. Uh, the pandemic happened. Uh, there were, uh, there was, a, you know, one a black man murdered on on television essentially captured on video and and played to the the world to see how horrible we are as a as a as a, a, a continent as a people uh as a society how horrible we are to, to other human beings um a lot's happened and a lot has 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 you know forced me into my head into thinking a lot I think it's been that's been kind of one of the reasons why well another reason why I haven't been around a lot is just I'm spending a lot of time just uh, mulling things over in my head and I don't have any solutions and I don't know how to talk about these things um, so I don't you know I don't have anything to add to the conversation that's that's useful but that has been that has kind of snowballed into or um, rolled into thinking about about what it means to be turning 50 and what it means to have probably less than half my life left remaining. I mean, I probably could have thought that when I was when I was 40. Although, should, oh, that dog's asleep. Aw, enjoying the sunshine. Um, you know, it, it, it it's one of those things that, it, that uh, I... I think I'm looking more towards the the future in a way, and it kind of makes me kind of makes you pucker, you know. Um, retirement? Am I ever going to be able to do it? Uh, have I saved enough money? No, obviously not. Um, can I pay the house off in time? Should I pay the house off before? What are we going to do? You know, and that's the other thing: living, living and working from home. Uh, if I knew for sure that um, once the COVID-19 pandemic is, is under control and we return back to uh, the office for work, if I knew that it was possible for me to work remotely and, and, and do it regularly... Um, I would start to look into moving away from Toronto. There's no need for me to be spending so much of my income on housing. And it's just, it's ridiculous. So my wife wants to retire uh, in three years from teaching. I'm all for it. You know, it's... It's a terrible, terrible job. 
um, she gets no respect and uh, she's had enough. So yeah, let's let's go. Let's let's just move out to the country. Let's move somewhere where not even the country. Let's just move somewhere it's cheaper. The only thing really holding me back at that point is is knowing that my daughter is about to go into middle school. You know, she's going to go into grade six next year or this year, next school year. Shortly after that, she'll be going to grade seven and eight. You know, she's made some some pretty good friends, um, I think. Although it's hard to tell by the way they treat her sometimes uh, and the way she treats them. Uh, girls are weird. Guys, listen to me. Guys, girls are weird. <laughs> I don't understand it. As a kid, I made friends. I made friends, and we were friends, and there was no question about it. There was no, she did this, you know, no, he did this, he, he did that, he said this, he said that. Um, it was, hi, I'm Doug, who are you? You want to be my friend? Let's play. Uh, you want to come over after school? Okay. Like, that, that was it. <laughs> there wasn't this drama, and I, I, gotta, I gotta admit, like, 10 years old? 10 years old and there's drama. What kind of drama can a 10-year-old have? Well, they get lots. They, they, it's almost like it's, it's, they look for it. They make it. <laughs> oh, a glimpse of, of the many years to come of, of dealing with such things, with the drama of young women. So 50 comes next week. Um, I look forward to it because one of the things that I have... One of my... I wouldn't say passions. One of my uh, fancies. One of my hobbies. One of my uh, likes <laughs> in the world. Oh, here I am again. You know what it is? It's this downhill. Better not get caught again. Um... One of the things that I, I, I have always enjoyed is playing video games. And uh, recently, I um, I started playing video games again. I, I, I dis rediscovered them. And uh, I've talked about this on several of the episodes that I haven't released. Um, I've started streaming on Twitch, I think, as, as many of you may already know. Uh, I'm streaming on twitch.tv slash slugor uh, time, from time to time uh, playing video games. Uh, either shoot 'em up games or Minecraft or lately it was uh, I replayed the, uh, the game Portal. That was fun, except for at the end it got muted because the song at the end, which was by Jonathan Colton, which I always thought was, you know, it was always free and it's music in the game at the end of the game, it got muted by... Um, by Twitch on the replays, but whatever. Um, you can see any of them. If you want to see any of my videos of the last month, uh, you really want to watch me play video games, um, you can do so by going to twitch.tv slash slugor and click on videos and there'll be some of me playing games there. Um, I'll say this. Twitch is, a, is actually a great uh, community. 
it's more than people just playing video games on the internet. Um, and it's it, truly it is in in many ways. Uh, it's more than just pe just video games. There's people that uh, you know deep sea fish. There's people that sport fish. There's uh, people that woodwork. People that do crafts. That do drawings. People that just go to talk. There's uh, young girls that sit in hot tubs apparently and, and chat as well. Uh, so that's entered into a th into uh, into the Twitch world apparently. So it, it is more than just uh, kids playing video games. Uh, but beyond the the obvious the obvious of it being more than just video games, it is uh, community. Uh, because uh, alongside with the playing and the watching or the watching of the games or whatever it is that's being you know played on screen, what what we're seeing uh, beyond all that, uh, there are the chat rooms. There is a chat that is is continuously going during a broadcast or a, a stream, I guess that um, people who follow or subscribe to that creator, they talk to each other as they're watching. And you start to see the same people um, from place to place, from streamer to streamer. And you start to build a rapport. It's, it's much like sort of the podcasting community or any online community where you, where you would chat. Um, it becomes more than just what it is that you're there for. Um, and then a lot of that community spills over into uh, a Discord that usually comes alongside of whoever that creator is that you're watching. So I have several Discords that I regularly peruse and or contribute to as I'm, you know, as I'm taking a little break during the day or at the end of the day as I'm watching television at night, you know, uh, I pop my head into uh, a Discord and, and, and chat with a few people. Streams have taken a bit of a, uh, well, they've taken a, a bit of a place during, um, of podcasts during the day. Uh, I just sort of pop them up and put them on one of the monitors and have that going in the background. I'm not necessarily watching, I'm kind of listening. It depends on, on what's happening. Uh, and every once in a while, I'll just sort of pop into chat and, and say something if, if the streamer says something that I wish to reply to. Um, but mainly it's at nighttime I'm watching. And then staying up late sometimes to play games. I'm trying to actually do my streaming a little bit earlier, like or even on the weekend. It seems like one of the important things to do, much like podcasting, is to have a regular schedule and you can see that I don't have one here and, and well, I don't have one there and, and I find that difficulty, difficult. But in the, um, in the rediscovery of video games uh, and playing them, I have rediscovered one of my early, early favorites and that is Gran Turismo for the, uh, the PlayStation 4. Um, it's Gran Turismo Sport, I believe it's called, and in that you participate. You can participate in online races. It's a driving simulator later game. Uh, I loved it. It was my favorite game for the PS2 when I had the PlayStation 2. Uh, it was a different version of the game, but it was it was great. You 
you know, you do things, you, you earn money, essentially, and you buy cars, and then you race them, and you drive them, and I had a wheel at that point that, you know, and some racing pedals, and it, it was like a simulator, and it was fun. I really enjoyed it. So I, I had the game. I bought the game when I first got the PlayStation 4. I had not really... I barely scratched the surface. Uh, when I got the PlayStation 4, the kid, you know, she was still a baby. I didn't have a lot of time to play. And so just recently I, I, I said, well, what about this game? And uh, I've started playing it again and I'm really enjoying it. And uh, then I even picked up, I had a copy, I forgot that I bought it. I had a copy of F1 2016, I think, 2016, yeah. Um, and I had never played that m very much. I think I played it a little bit. And so I started playing that again. And so to bring it all back to why I'm excited to turn 50, it means that I have asked for a steering wheel for my 50th birthday. Uh, because I want to play more video games. And I like it. <laughs> so I'm excited. It's bringing me back to uh, some of my youth when I was in my uh, late 20s and early 30s playing video games. Um, I have developed some friends. I've made some friends online in the video gaming community, and I, I play with them uh, over the internet. And it's been um, it's been rewarding in that I feel further connected with the world, um, and have virtually met some new people. Um, what are you doing, TDSB truck? Yes. Could you go any slower? Thank you. I mean, I know it's a 40, but you don't have to go 20. Anyway, I'm arriving here at the office, uh, going to go down into the, what do they call it? The um, COVID cave. Get my nose swabbed, and uh, I'll be back out uh, for me in probably 10, 15 minutes for you in uh, yet just but a moment. Yet just but? I don't think that's a, that's not a... That's not a phrase, but I will be back in a tick of the timer of your podcast player, and I'm parking, I'm parking, and I'm putting you on pause. Cheers. Back in a sec. Here we go again. All right, so that was it. That was, what, two seconds for you? Not even that? It wasn't very long for me either. Uh, maybe, maybe five minutes? I doubt it. Okay, we're off. We're back, going back home now. So, where was I? I think I was talking about getting the racing wheel. It is, uh, it's, <laughs> it, it, I look forward to it. Uh, the prices of them have definitely changed since I got my wheel for uh, the PlayStation 2. Um, it was one of these purchases that I took a long time to uh, research. There's a wide range of products that you can get, um, options and, and build quality and stuff like that, but the prices can range from, I think the lowest I saw was somewhere in the area of $90. 
which is basically just a, a piece of plastic in the shape of a wheel with some buttons on it mounted to a to a box and you can turn it left or right but there's no um, resistance to the to the wheel it doesn't feel like you're actually driving a vehicle at all and that's not what I want I want I want what I want what feels like what is this truck doing okay yeah that's fine just yep do it do that go ahead oh I see he's backing into the salvage place okay um, so if you want force feedback as it is called you need to spend a bit more money but it turns out that the the sim rig which is you know the screen it's the chair it's the wheel it's the pedals it's the gear shifter that has become big money well it's become money <laughs> uh, there there is a market for it and so now as opposed to when I originally bought my first force, force feedback uh, wheel um, now you can get different pedals that go along with your wheel you get uh, optional types of shifters or handbrakes there's all sorts of accessories and options you can add to it um, there are different drivetrains inside the the unit as to how it uh, creates the, the the feedback on the um, on the steering wheel whether it's a, a geared mechanism or a, a, a belt a drive mechanism or whether it's a, a direct drive mechanism each one of these things having their own um, benefits and drawbacks um, the you know just like anything there's there's so many options now but there's really only like three or four manufacturers so they kind of control the price points and you could spend anywhere up to well really the sky's the limit uh, but you know over a thousand dollars on on just a wheel they made it so that you can actually pop the, the actual wheel off of the hub and change it so you can change the wheel depending on the type of of car you're racing in the, the simulator if you want to go with the Formula One style racing wheel you can do that you know that uh, the uh, the small wheel or it's, or it's basically there's it's not you know it's it's only circular on the sides there is no top or bottom or you can get yourself like a big old NASCAR wheel or uh, an old wooden style uh, big um, classic car wheel I mean it's it's amazing uh, is you know as much as one can modify a real-life vehicle one can almost uh, modify their sim rig as much as they want uh, and I did go down the rabbit hole of looking into you know the the setups that people use you know is it a multi-monitor setup is it a large video screen is it a projector do they sit in a office chair or do they sit in a racing chair that is hooked up to a frame that then has the pedals worked into it there you can do all sorts of things and I remember <laughs> when I was uh, getting into it uh, years and years ago it doesn't seem like that long ago but it was you know probably upwards to 15 years ago maybe even longer um, what are these guys doing 
what are you doing? Do you want us to stop? Okay, one of you has stop and one of you has not stop. Okay, now you have slow. Oh, you need a police officer here, people. Your flagmen, your flagmen suck. There's a cop caught in all this. When's he gonna put his lights on and tell everybody that they're doing it wrong? Sorry, I'm. Uh, you don't know what's going on. I'm just sitting here stuck at a, a intersection, um, uh, the intersection of Queen and Eastern Avenue, and their TTC is working on the um, on the the rails here. I guess just causing problems. There's like guys randomly standing in the middle of the road. We've got two flagmen here. Uh, both one guy has, is showing slow. The other guy is showing stop. So which am I to do? Now there's a guy standing in the middle with the slow. Oh my goodness, this is ridiculous. What am I to do here? All right, well, he says slow, so we'll we'll drive right at him and we'll see what he says. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, sim rigs, driving wheels. You're probably really ter terribly bored of it all, but I'm not, I'm excited. I'm excited, it comes, it's supposed to come on my birthday. I look forward to sitting down and and playing the racing game with a wheel. Uh, I've been playing with the uh, the joystick controller that you get with the PlayStation. It can be done. There are apparently people out there that are quite good at the game while using the controller. But I find that getting the the, the getting the nuances that are required, especially in the steering and in the throttle application. To make sure that you hit that apex of the turn and, you know, ease into the throttle as you're coming out to keep the car nice and stable. The physics that they have started to put into these video games is so, is getting to be so realistic that even though they have turned down the amount of um, realness to it, to a degree that makes it playable, because let's face it, driving these, these race cars is... Is, is, is near to impossible. There are a lot of things that you need to physically be in a, a vehicle for in order to realize how it is behaving. You know, there, you can feel the, the feeling of your butt on a seat tells you a lot about what the vehicle is doing. When you have just a controller in your hand, there's not a lot that can tell you what's going on. Um, they're basically, the only kind of cues you get from the game are audio cues. Um, there's, you know, squealing tires, but, you know, if you're driving a, a race car on the edge, the tires are going to squeal a little bit. Um, and then there's the, the controller itself does vibrate as you hit things and stuff like that. But you never know what, like, what's that vibration for? What it, why is it doing that? Whereas when you are in an actual vehicle, you kind of know, you feel the bumps in the road. You know that's, you know, that's a good bump, that's a bad bump. You hear the noise in the car. Has, has my suspension bottomed out? Have I gone over a curb? Am I sliding? Uh, to the large extent, you kind of understand what is going on in the vehicle because you're in it. So having the wheel that has a, 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 a resistance to it, a force feedback, a feedback telling you what is going, going on, at least in terms of the contact of the, the, the front wheels and the road, the front tires and the road, you get an idea as to whether or not you have grip. 
uh, whether or not you are, uh, you know, going into a difficult turn. Is it, are you going with too much speed? Um, and similarly with the, with the, the pedals on a, on a controller, uh, you don't have that ability to, to feather the throttle as much as you do in real life, where you don't always need to mash on the gas pedal, which when you're using a controller, it pretty much feels like that all the time. It's either just a little bit if you're using one of the analog buttons, or it's just like, boo, all the way on, um, or all the way off. You know, there's never really in between. And so that can kind of make it a little bit less fun from time to time, especially on certain types of vehicles and in certain, uh, ah, you just fell on me, on certain tracks. Are you still going? You are. You still reading me? I don't know. You could be. On the other hand, you might not be. I don't know, we'll see. Um, so the, uh, the uh the dd what was i saying um oh hopefully i didn't get camera as i was putting the phone back up in my visor i looked at it to see if i was still recording oh god i'm gonna get busted for distracted driving now because i looked at my phone it was as it was in my hand anyway uh yeah uh so that's that's why I'm excited about it. You know, just it gives more feeling. I've always wanted to do the um, the racing experience. I wanted to go to a racetrack and get into an actual racing vehicle and and drive around the track. And ten years ago, at my 40th birthday, my wife did actually give to me as a gift. She said, why don't you go and do racing school? And I was very excited to receive that as a gift. Um, I never cashed in on it. I never did it. It, I couldn't, I really couldn't justify spending the money on it. You know, uh, 10 years ago, I was a new father. I, I had a kid, I was worried about providing I didn't want to waste money on it I still don't want to waste money on it and even at the age of 50 I would love to go and do it but now I'm, I'm realizing well my eyes they don't they don't work like they used to uh, I I can't see as well my reaction times are, are, are not as good my um, my inner ear like I get dizzy now <laughs> I don't know if the, now this I haven't been back since I think the diagnosis but um, I think it may be under control now but I think my uh, thyroid problems were one of the reasons why when I went to um, Canada's Wonderland with my kid and my wife uh, a few years ago why getting on the on the on the what are they was it called the the flying boats, the flying Dutchman or whatever it was, the, you get in it and it's a boat and it's got a sail on it and it spins around in circles and you you move the sail and you go out and you go in. It made me dizzy. Like I, I was, I was, I did not feel well. Uh, getting on a roller coaster was awful. I used to not really love the roller coasters, but I liked them. I gained an appreciation for them when I was in my 20s. Uh, but 
what if I got into a race car these days, nowadays, my age, and, and, and I got into a, a high-speed corner and I started to get that dizzy feeling? Good Lord, what would I do? I suppose they'll tell you what to do if something's happening like that, but I don't know. I don't know. The Mossport still does Mossport, Mossport, whatever you're going to call it. Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. <laughs> You've heard Scarborough dude go there. They do a racing school. And, well, they used to. I don't know if they're still open anymore or what's going on there. But they used to do a racing school and I I wanted to go. They do several different ones. There's a, you know, basically one that goes from a couple hours to one that goes all weekend. I would really like to do the weekend one. I would settle for a day-long session where you actually, you learn, you learn to, you learn to, to drive a race car. You learn, uh, I think in the, the day-long course, you learn how to heel-toe shift. You learn, uh, you know, break, how to balance the car, like the way that the car is going to react under acceleration, under deceleration, under turning, uphill, downhill, all that kind of stuff. And then you, you do some laps uh, paired with uh, an instructor, they're in one vehicle, and you're you're on a radio, and you're in another vehicle, and they're telling you what you should be doing. Um, they are vehicles that are purpose built for training, um, but they go pretty fast. You know, they're light open wheel racers. Um, I think it would be an awful lot of fun. And for years, well, for at least ten years, since my wife has said you should go do this uh, I've drooled over it so when it came time for me to decide on what wheel I was going to get and what I was going to do I decided I'm going to just I won't go for the super expensive one I'll, I'll get the entry level one that is sort of it's expensive in my eyes, but it's not as expensive as I could be spending. I think it's about $300, 300 and something dollars with tax, right? 360, I think with tax. More than I want to spend on it, but it is my birthday and I'm 50. Um, I never ask for anything for my birthday. So this was my, my gift that I actually said to my wife, order this for me. That's what you're giving me for my birthday. Uh, she's probably, glad that she has been told what it is that she's getting me for my birthday but she's probably also sad that it means that I will go and play video games and not be around <laughs> so it's good and bad for her um, I just hope that I actually get I hope I stay um, doing it I hope I stay interested in it I have this problem where I lose interest I lose interest in things pretty quickly um, I dabble you know, I, I dabble in things. Guitar was a guitar was quick. I 18th birthday, I got a guitar. I think two months by two months later, I, I was I was like not playing it anymore. Um, what else? I mean, there's so many things. 3D printing. I haven't touched the 3D printer in months. They're sitting there. They're waiting to, to be used. I keep I keep threatening to, to, to do something about it, but then something else sparks my interest. Woodworking, uh, that is something that kind of comes and goes, uh, almost with the weather or the seasons. Um, I get interested in it. I get 
I fall out of interest. I, I really do want to do it. I just, I don't have the facility now, uh, either physically, mentally, or um, like actual facilities. The, <laughs> the room that I had set aside in the basement to actually be my shop, my, you know, my bench and, and tools corner has now been eaten up with school storage. All of my wife's stuff from school has come home and it is in the basement and what used to be my corner that was filled with things that were for tools and working on projects has become an eighth of the space and it is not fun to be in there and it's dark and I don't get to do it so I don't get to do that. So I'm not interested in it. Maybe now that the nicer weather's a, uh, about, I can kind of set some things up in the, in, in the back area and, 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 and work on things if I want to, but it's, it's a big hassle. Uh, I, I've even kind of stopped watching woodworking videos because I, 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 I know I'm not gonna be able to do them. <laughs> Oh, that's the other reason why I want to leave the city is I want to go and, and move to somewhere where I can actually have a, a workshop. But then I asked myself, like, would I even use it? Would I even use it? And, you know, I probably wouldn't. I'm a lazy, lazy person. I think that's about it. I think I'm done. Um... So I'll try to put this out. We'll see if you get it. If you're hearing it, you got it. I did it. Hey, I did it. I put it out. If not, you'll never know. I will, uh, yeah, I'll get back to the house. I'll do some work because that's there. Um, that's the, one of the bummers of the sort of Tuesday morning COVID test is it's a real write-off for the whole morning. It takes me an hour and a half, basically, to drive down, get tested, and get back. Um, and it, it really kind of takes me out of any sort of groove that I might possibly have had for working. Um, it's really hard to get back. If I leave at 9 a.m., uh, even 8.30, I'm not back before. I'm back at 10 and uh, I'm lucky if I get two hours work in before lunch. I don't. Maybe I should start going in around lunchtime. Although they close at noon. It's. I thing is, I don't want to end up having to wait around and and make it last even longer by standing in line. But that may be better if I start going down towards the end of the morning, so that the drive back is during my lunch. No, my lunch is my lunch. I'm not going to do it over my lunch. I, this is something I do for this damn industry is I, I rearrange my life based on this work and it's it's not fair it's not fair to me it's not fair to my family for years I've rearranged life I put things off I put I put off going to the dentist I put off going to doctors I put off doing things for my car like getting my snow tires taken off or or getting the engine tuned or changing the oil like I put these things off because of work
stop doing that. Part of me, I guess, as I... I know, I said I was going to turn this off, but I guess, guess I got a few more thoughts, and I got some more time to drive home. Part of me. Uh, one of the reasons why I would love to continue doing video gaming is that years and years ago, when I first really got into video games and was playing them a lot, a lot, a lot, I wanted to be, I said, I wanted love to be a professional gamer. And back then, it was difficult to do so. You had to be really good, and you had to somehow get seen by the East, the game sports, the video game sports community, which was very small at the time. Nowadays, with Twitch, there are people, I was gonna say there's a lot, but there are people who do make a living on Twitch. And so there is a very, very, very small part of me that every once in a while says, hey, you could do this. You could make a living by being on Twitch. If you could just get enough viewers, if you could get to the point where you could get subscribers and you could get people interested in what you're doing, you could do this. It's an awful lot of work. There's a lot of work in it. It's not just playing video games. It's having, you know, it's working on the community. It's working on making sure that there's content. It's paying attention to what it is that your viewers are watching and and and, and what they they like. Um, there's planning. There's a there's a lot to it. You know, the reason why some of these uh, content creators are popular is, is is because they are who they are, and they put work into it. Um. But it is possible. You can do it. And maybe part of me says, okay, it would be great if I could do a full living on it. What if I could do a partial living on it? You know, uh, what if I could just, if I could, you know, get some something out of it that would make it so that I didn't have to actually um, give up my whole life for my current job if I could somehow supplement my income make it so that I don't have to take everything that comes to me that I could make the demands that I could say no I'm going to work from home and wait for the 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 basically wait for the show that is desperate enough and will that will succumb to my demands <laughs> that will pay me what I want and will allow me to work at a distance even if it's not that I'm a full-time on the full-time employee on the show that I'm someone coming in that, that you know they, they need me for a week or two weeks and I could do that and I could supplement my income doing that with streaming maybe that would be nice because at least I would be doing something that I really enjoy to do I don't know I, I <laughs> it's look Listeners, who anybody who has followed me and listened to me over the last 10 years, who knows me in real life, knows that I complain about this job cyclically. It's, it's like a bi-monthly thing. Maybe less. I don't know. Maybe it's a weekly thing. I don't know. 
I have been trying to get out of the industry for years. Since I met my wife, I've been wanting, I wanted to get out back then. But I decided that I wouldn't at that point because if if I did go and, 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 and I was planning at that point to go to chef school, I was planning on becoming a either a chef or a baker. Um, I knew at that point when I met my wife that if I did so, I would never see her again. That would probably mean, you know, that we would never get together. And it turns out, I didn't go to chef school. I stayed working in the film industry and, and here we are, we're married and we've got a kid. Just before my daughter was born, I was considering leaving the film industry to go become a teacher because I I think I probably missed my call, my calling. Should have been a teacher. And I was going to go to teacher's college. I was like, okay, let's do this. I'm going to go to teacher's college. And then we went to a financial advisor and she said, we can't lose you for two years. You need to earn money. And losing you for two years of schooling and two years of earnings is going to harm you financially. So I stayed in the film industry. whether that was a good choice. Um, I've missed a lot of my kids' uh, youth, a lot of the years. I've missed a lot of time with my wife. I don't know if it was the right choice. pandemic has shown me that that really is what you know it's like I keep getting these signs I keep getting these signs that, that that's what you really want to do is you want to leave you know I think this microphone is screwed I'm getting levels that are like maximum I think this is half an hour of beep <laughs> I think maybe, you know, when my father-in-law died and I basically got fired from the set design job that I was working on on Dark Matter because my life was taking over and I was needing to pay attention to my family. Um, I... I said to myself, that was it. I, w I wasn't going to do this anymore. I was going to go do something else. I was going to go... I think at that point I was going to open up a... A, um, a maker space. 
Still a dream. Less of a dream now. But, you know, I, I, the, the fuel was there. I was... I was uh, fire had been lit underneath me. It, it, it comes regularly, you know. Pandemic hits, I work from home. Um, I think I, I start to see the, the benefits of, of, <laughs> of not spending 12 hours a day in a freaking office. Of seeing daylight, of being able to go for a walk during the afternoon, of... Being able to, to, to talk to my daughter over dinner, when she's there, and when she's willing to talk, about what's going on in her life. God, walking her to school every morning uh, was fantastic when we could do it. Going to pick her up, having those moments to do those things, they're precious. They are... They're rare. Not everybody gets to do that. And I gave up so much of that, you know. Um, my wife was able, when the kid, when my daughter was, was a baby, when she was in daycare, when she was in, in um, you know, the early years, my wife was able to get off work at a decent hour and go and pick her up from daycare and, and, and have time with her. She basically was having several hours, probably not something that she liked at the moment, but she would have hours with my daughter after school, after daycare, before I got home, before dinner, before bedtime, to bond, to get to know each other, where... I was coming home and I'd be arriving in the door at 8 o'clock or whatever and essentially going upstairs to put my daughter to bed. You know, the only bond we ever really had at that point was I, I was the guy who came home, read a story, and put her to bed. She was happy for it, but we didn't get a lot of, didn't get a lot of bonding. And it meant that on weekends was, weekends was bonding time. And I... I tried. I, I did what I could. And I think we did a good job. But that meant that other things had to be put aside. Housework. Um, other hobbies. Um, just uh, many things, right? So I wasn't making the sacrifice of those things for my daughter. I was making the, the sacrifice was coming from my life by, by adjusting my life around work. By working 12 hours a day not seeing my daughter and then everything else has to shuffle along because of it and now I've gotten myself into a situation where <clears throat> we have a certain lifestyle we live we live in an expensive city that it requires me to, to essentially make the money that I do make um, working in the film industry to live here. If I quit and I leave and I, I do some other job, there's no way I'm going to make the money that I make. Given the skills that I have now and that I can I can transfer to a, a 
and the work history that I have, 20 some odd years, 25, 27 years of working in film, I don't think gives me a lot, maybe it does, I might be cutting myself short, selling myself short, but it doesn't give you a lot of transferable job skills for other work. I gotta make my own way somehow. And I have to be able to do it in a way that if I can afford it. I have a feeling part of that means moving out of Toronto. Which I'm happy to. God, you know, it's a place I never liked it. <laughs> I, was, I said I would never live here and now I've lived here 27 years. I want out. I don't... It's too expensive. It's too... It's just too much. It's too much. It's too everything. I miss... I miss Windsor. I miss uh, Ottawa. I miss living in a place that has an identity. Toronto? It, it, yeah, it has an identity, I suppose. But the areas of Toronto have identities. And it's just... I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it. I'm I'm coming home. I'm in the parking lot. I'm going to park the car and I'm going to go to work. I'm going to post this. You're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. I, I guarantee you're going to hear it. You're hearing it me right now telling you that you're going to hear it. So I lived up to my promise. Okay? Maybe I'll talk to you again in a week when I turn 50. Let you know what it's like. Until then, take care, my friends. I love you very much. I hope you're doing well. I hope that things are better in your world uh, than they have been over the last year. I hope things are turning. We'll talk to you later.